You're listening to a VC Short. These are shorter bonus episodes released only on our podcast, The VC Hour. These are a product of Radio ABC 993 FM, a ministry of African Bible University in Uganda. I had a great experience the other day. I bumped into a listener of the program after I gave a sermon in a church. It was a really good experience, very nice. I get to see, get to meet, and experience someone who's excited about the show. And they had a great idea for a Q&A based on some things I said and even some content in the sermon as well, which they were curious about some of the wisdom literature in the Bible and how it works. And so to help you kind of fill in the blanks here a little bit of what is meant by that, the the Bible has sections that are described as wisdom literature because they give us wise teachings, wise sayings for us to sort of understand the world in which we live a little bit better than we would otherwise. Uh, The three primary wisdom literature books are the book of Job, Ecclesiastes, and Proverbs. Those are the three primary books, and you might find isolated uh, wisdom sayings in other places, but those are the main places that you would find what we call wisdom literature. Now, the question comes up, and I think maybe even in part in response to a previous Q&A question from a different listener, what do we do with those sections where there seems to be uh, what you might call an apparent contradiction? It looks like two verses tell us opposite types of instruction. And I think the the best example of that would be Proverbs 26.4 and the verse that comes right after it, Proverbs 26.5. And I think these are a great example for us because they're back-to-back. There's basically no chance that it wasn't noticed that they seem to say different things, and they find themselves almost word-for-word responding in different ways. Let me just read for you Proverbs 26.4. It says, Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. By itself, that seems pretty clear cut, pretty obvious, pretty straightforward, right? Uh, You have a fool. He's in his folly. He's doing foolish things, saying foolish things. So you don't answer him because if you answer him, you too might be foolish. You might be answering foolishly. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. And if you had that piece of, uh, of advice, that piece of wisdom, then I think you would feel very, very confident you were doing the right thing. But then in verse 5 that immediately follows, it says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Can you see how on the surface this looks like a massive contradiction? Answer not a fool according to his folly. Answer a fool according to his folly. On surface level, these seem to be disagreeing with one another. There's a certain way of reading the wisdom literature in a very wooden sense, then you're going to have problems because you're going to look at those two verses and you're really going to scratch your head and you're just going to be confused. What is it I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to answer? I'm not supposed to answer. And I think understanding wisdom literature in general is actually very, very helpful for this. Allow me, if you will, Uh, to give you an example of two different Proverbs that come from a different source. This is is a non-biblical source for sure, but I'm just trying to demonstrate to you that you might have sayings that you're very comfortable with, that you are very certain are true, 
and you know how to deal with them in the right way. Let me just give you an example. Now, these may not come from your culture, so I'm going to give a brief explanation, and uh, and I'll talk a little bit about how these types of examples are actually a bit acculturated as well in just a moment. So be patient with me if you think of these in different ways. We have this saying that says, the early bird gets the worm. The early bird gets the worm. And so what that's talking about is the the, the fact that most often – You find the birds out there at the very beginning of the day and they're looking for their food because their food is moving early and they want to be there early. And if they wait later in the day, then they're going to miss the opportunity. So the suggestion here from the early bird gets the worm is you have to get up and you have to go after it. Right, you can't wait around. You got to get up, and you have to go after it. And again, uh, just like with Proverbs twenty six four, that seems like a very straightforward saying. And I think we all feel very comfortable with the idea that if you want something, you really have to get up and go after it. That's that's how it goes. Uh, but we also have a different saying. You may have heard this one as well. We say, "Good things come to those who wait." Good things come to those who wait. And the point of this proverb is essentially that we need to be patient, that sometimes pressing, sometimes pushing is the wrong way. Impatience often spoils the thing that we're going after. But instead, we sometimes benefit from holding back and making sure that the right thing happens in the right time and in the right way. I think you may begin to see how these two sayings, while there seems to be an apparent contradiction, aren't contradictory at all. But instead, they're both true. They simply need to be applied to the right situation. That is, sometimes the most important thing that we can do is to get up and to go hustle after something, to be the first one there, to be sure that we're putting in the effort, we're putting in the attention, and to get after things early. But sometimes the best thing that we can do is to wait, to be sure that we are not so overeager that we destroy the thing or so demanding that we never get it to come our way because we don't have any patience, that patience really is an important aspect. Now, I say those two things from a culture that holds both of those sayings, and there is clearly truth in both of those sayings, and they don't view those two sayings as contradictory. The reason they're not contradictory is because we assume that this wisdom gets applied to two different situations, that we're not talking about one situation, we're talking about two different situations. And that wisdom, in a sense, is knowing what to apply. In fact, I would go further to say that discernment with wisdom literature is always the key. And what is discernment except apply the wisdom of God appropriately to your situation? And I say here the wisdom of God because I have Proverbs 26 in mind. Surely the early bird gets the worm. That's not necessarily the wisdom of God. I think that's just natural revelation. Good things come to wait again. That's not not even a paraphrase, I don't think, from anything in the Scripture, uh, although certainly the idea of patience is very much there. But Proverbs 26.4 and 26.5 are both just straight Scripture. One says, answer not a fool. The other one says, answer a fool. And and what should we do? Well, the, the Scriptures are calling us to have the discernment to apply the wisdom of God in the right situation. And I think the author of the Proverbs is simply teaching us that there are times where if we answer a fool according to his folly, then we're just going to be a fool with him. 
and that there are other times that if we don't respond to a fool, that fool is going to think they're wise in their own eyes. And that the importance of wisdom literature is to be very sure that you're applying the wisdom to the right situation at the right time. And in so doing, I think you'll find that the wisdom of God pays great dividends. You might think of David, and if you go back to some of the episodes we listened to uh, about Joab, Abishai, and Asahel, I think you'll find uh, David was a man that, while he had great moral failings in part, very frequently applied the wisdom of God correctly to the situation in which he was living. And for that reason, he is generally thought of as someone who, as he himself described, loved the law of God. He loved it because he was able to apply the wisdom of God to specific situations. I think that's the best way for us to understand the wisdom literature, that God is giving us wisdom. It's important for us to understand directly what it's saying, and it's also important to apply it to the specific situation. For some of the Proverbs, some parts of Job, some parts of Ecclesiastes, I think it's relatively straightforward. For others, just like Proverbs 26 verses 4 and 5, a great deal of wisdom and discernment are necessary even to pick the right situation in which to apply that. I think from common experience we can say that that very often is true, that we're presented with uh, situations, scenarios in life that are truly not straightforward. And our job, our obligation, and our delight, I think, as Christians, is to take all of the things that God has taught us from his word, to discern by his word and by his spirit the best way to apply that in our situation, and to try to give God the glory and to receive the good from him that he would give to us. Well, I hope this has been a help to you as you think about wisdom literature and applying the wisdom of God to your life. You've been listening to the Vice Chancellor's Hour, a ministry of Radio ABC 993 FM on the campus of African Bible University. We hope this has been beneficial to your Christian walk and understanding. If it has, you can support the ministry of Radio ABC by going to AfricanBibleColleges.com and clicking on the donate button. Don't forget to let them know it's going to the Uganda station. If you have questions about this or any other episode, please feel free to contact us at vchourofficial at gmail.com. We're also available through Instagram and Twitter as vchourofficial. We may answer your question on a future episode. Until next time, may the peace of God and the fellowship of God's people encourage you.